Well, good evening, everybody. Hey, John, you're right. This is a good-looking bunch. Yeah, you're all checking me out because most of you have never met me before. That's okay. You go ahead. I'm checking you out, too. Uh, so it's all good, and I am so thankful. We uh, uh, do work for the Coalition for Christian Outreach. We've been in Pittsburgh about four years after about 10 years in pastoral ministry, redeveloping small churches. Um, and I came, uh, came on staff. God really started turning my heart towards the generations coming behind me. And uh, so I, uh, when this opportunity uh, came up, I, I, jumped in, I jumped at it. Uh, I really travel around and talk to literally hundreds of people uh, every year about their call to min- their calling in general, uh, but their call in particular to ministry to campus ministry. Um, and then when I came here about four years ago, we started what is now called the CCO Fellowship Program, which is a post-grad opportunity for recent college graduates to prepare them for campus ministry. And uh, so a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of education that goes into it and uh, uh, looking to fill about 20 full-time positions and about 30 fellowships this year. So anybody out there, I'm, I'm the recruiter, man. Anybody out there interested in campus ministry, come talk to me. Let's, let's talk about it. Uh, but it's, it's really a joy. We've been at, uh, at Christ Church. We've been members here. Uh, we started coming here about six months after we moved down here. And uh, it's, it's, just, it's just a thrill, and it's, it's a thrill for me to be able to, to stand here tonight. I, I, I had to tell you, I was talking to Pastor John earlier today, it's, it's a little bit intimidating because when Pastor Jared sent me the lineup for who was speaking at, at the Lenten services, I'm reading Reverend Dr. Jared Ott, Reverend Dr. John Guest, Reverend Dr. Justin Terry, and then Cliff. <laughs> just Cliff. So what you're getting tonight is just Cliff. Uh, but praise the Lord, he's the one that speaks to us through his word. And uh, what we're talking tonight is we talk about the, the armor of God and the spiritual warfare that we face uh, day in and day out in our lives. Tonight we're talking about the shield of faith. And uh, when I was talking to Pastor Jared about uh, which, which of the, the, you know, the pieces of armor that, that I'd like to talk about, I really wanted to talk about faith. My deepest passion, well, outside of my salvation and my wife and family, but as far as you know, my, my study, my academics and so forth, has been the intersection of, of, uh, of faith, uh, education, and work. But faith is the center of that. And so for the last 15 years or so, I've been thinking and working very deeply. And that's why I'm in the role that I'm in now, because I love to talk to people about how God has created them, who he's created them to be, and what he's asking them to do with their lives. And uh, so I really wanted to dig into faith. But the, but the question tonight is, is, you know, the shield of faith, it's a defensive weapon. And, uh, and so what I want to do tonight is I want to talk about, I want to talk about faith. I want to re-engage. You know, I don't know if you noticed this, but, but you know, words mean things. And sometimes words are overused. And we use them so much that we don't, we, we, it, it really, they lose the richness and fullness of what they actually mean. So I want to engage that in the context of the shield of faith tonight, what, this idea of, of faith in that context, and then talk about how it is, in fact, a shield for us. But I want to start here, because it's not, you know, depending, I've, I'm, uh, when it comes to, um, to faith traditions, you know, uh, Barry grew up Catholic, I'm, I'm kind of a mutt. You know, I've engaged a lot of different, uh, a, a lot of different faiths over, you know, faith, you know, theological thought over my over my lifetime, um, and um, I, I I want to start here because we often talk about our faith. You know, what's your faith? What's my faith? We're of the Christian faith. Uh, well, what part of the Christian faith is your faith? Well, you know, or I'm not 
part of the Christian faith. I'm part, you know, I'm Buddhist or I'm Muslim or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm of a different faith. Uh, so we use, we use faith in that context. We use faith in the context of being more faithful, you know, uh, that really equating it to believing, which believing is a component of faith. But faith is so much more rich, richer and fuller than that. Uh, so, you know, so the, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I have to tell it this way. Erwin McManus, I don't know if you've heard of him bef- before, but uh, pastors a, a, a large church out in California, really good leader uh, in, uh, in, in, the, in the church world out there. But he says, and forgive me for this, but he says, you know, when it comes to believing faith, it's almost like we're, we're constipated, we have to try harder. You know, if I just have more faith, I can accomplish more. You know, or God will, you know, bless me more, something of that nature. That was his words, not mine. Um, and, and so, you know, so there's that aspect of just believing, but it's so much more than that, although that's a component of it. And so let's get engaged. This here's, here's, if you, here's a major point for tonight that I want you to get, and I, I, I know this church gets it, is that it's not just about our faith, but more importantly, it is about the object of our faith. And that the object of our faith is the person, a person, Jesus Christ. And, you know, it always confused me a little bit, you know. If I, need, if I have to have more faith for things to, for God to work in my life, then why does God say, you know, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains? That's not very much faith. That's just a little bit of... So, so it's less about, although our faith is important... If we are to receive the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ, it comes by faith alone in Christ. Amen? That's, but it is in Christ and it is in the work of Christ. And so I want to, uh, if, if, you'll, if you'll allow me, I, I want to talk a little bit just about Christ. Because, you know, it, it, it concerns me a little bit in the American church. Now, I'm not saying, I'm painting with a broad brush here. I get that. And this may not apply to you at all. And maybe I'm confessing here tonight. But it seems to me that um, we know, and Pastor Jamie talked about a great sermon on Sunday, and he talked about this, the fact that Jesus, you know, we can cry out to him, Abba, Father. He is our friend. There's no doubt about that. He is our heavenly Father. We can crawl up in his lap and receive comfort and so forth. He is, he is our dad, if you will, that we can go to for guidance. But let's not forget that that is not all that he is. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is the object of our faith. I love to start uh, by talking about the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 1, where John is on the island of Patmos in, in exile for the sake of the gospel. And it says that he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. He's in the spirit. He's worshiping on the Lord's day. And he hears a voice. And he said that voice was like a trumpet blast. Anybody ever had their head under uh, the hood of a car when somebody blew the horn? I mean, it, it, it wasn't just a, hey, you. It was a booming. He described it as a trumpet blast. And Jesus, we know it was Jesus. Jesus told him, you know, I want you to write this, what you see, and and so forth. And John said that he turned around to see the voice, to see where the voice came from. And then he tried to describe what he saw. And what we tend to do with that passage is we tend to parse it and take it apart. And that's that's all well and good. That's good stuff. Okay. 
But when he describes what he tries to describe what he saw, can you imagine? Take the time to read that. Because he talks about someone looking like the Son of Man in the middle of seven lampstands. And he's, you know, beard, hair, white as wool, just pure as anything. And, and as he's trying to describe, can you imagine trying to put into words who Jesus Christ is when you see him in his glory? We can't. We're human. Every now and then he pulls back the veil and gives us a glimpse of that, like the transfiguration. And he does that in our lives too. But to see him in his full glory and who he is, how majestic and how incredibly other he is. What did John do? He said, I fell on my face as dead. I fell on my... I find it kind of comical, and if you say this, forgive me for this, but I just find it kind of comical when people say to me, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jesus this and this and this and this. I say, I don't think you are. I really don't think you are. The Bible says every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord according to, to, for the glory of God. We will be on our faces dead. And let's remember, that's the Jesus, that's the Lord who gave his life for us. That as we lead up to Resurrection Sunday. And that, when our faith, when he is the object of our faith, that's when our faith starts to become a shield that protects us from the fiery darts of the enemy. So while he is our friend, our brother, we're joint heirs with him. He is, he is the, the, the servant, the suffering lamb. He is all of that. But don't forget, he's the one that created everything. Everything was created by, for, and through him, and he holds everything together. And that, my friend, is the object, or should be the object of our faith. So yes, it's important that we have faith. And we're going to delve into that a little bit more. But right now, let's, let's, let's stop and talk about faith. Like I said, you know, often, it's, it's like the word love. It gets watered down. You know, I love my wife, I love chocolate. What's the difference? I love my wife more than I love chocolate. You know, but how do you differentiate? You know, how do you, uh, here's, here's how I like to talk about faith. I like to go, you know, and, and there's different, there is truly different ways we can talk about faith. But I love the, uh, the book of Hebrews and how it talks about faith. Hebrews eleven eight in particular, I'm going to talk about in a minute, was such a key verse um, in my life and in this journey that I've been on over the last 15 years. And let me just tell you, part of my journey, and maybe you've experienced this, and by the way, this can be one of the fiery darts of the devil, I believe, is that I'm literally laying in the middle of the yard one night. I was doing all the Christian stuff. You know, I, was pa- I, was, I wasn't pastor yet, but I was deacon, Sunday school teacher, all involved in the church, basically the pastor's right-hand man, doing all the right Christian stuff. Over on this side, I had a business that I was trying to build. We had a young family, all that. I'm laying out in the middle of the yard one night saying, what do you want from me? What, what, is, it that you, what is it that you want from me? I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm doing all the rights. It was, a cri- it was an existential crisis. It was a crisis of faith. I'm doing all the right Christian stuff, but where's this abundant life? I don't get it, Jesus. I honestly don't get it. I want to understand what that abundant life is. And that question, and maybe you've asked that question too, was what started me down this journey to try to figure out what my faith in Christ is all about. I'm still on that journey. I'm still broken. I still screw up every day. But he's brought me to this place where this, how I'm going to talk about faith, I want you to, to really grasp and understand. So Hebrews 11.1, I'm just going to rattle these off. If you're taking notes, write these down, go, go look it up. 
Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith, and I quote various versions too, just, and sometimes it's Cliff's version, uh, the new Cliff version, whatever you want, the NCV. Um, so I, as, I, as, I, as I quote these off, they can be from various versions. But I think it's the New King James or something. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. So faith is a substantiation of something. It is evidence of something. And what, what, what God tells us in the Bible is that we, you know, these fiery darts that the devil throws at us, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, we wrestle against principalities and powers. Not flesh and blood. And so when we find ourselves in the difficult times, the trials of life, and wondering what's going on in this world, Let's, we, we have this tendency to look at the circumstantial when most of the time the battle is the unseen. And so as we wrestle with what faith is and how we engage, you know, re-engage this idea of faith, we've got to look at the unseen. So faith is a substantiation, it's evidence of things we, we long for, that we hope for, and so forth. You get to, to Hebrews 11, later on in the chapter, and he starts, starts talking about Abraham and, and all the other, you know, the, the, all these people of, of, of great faith. But it's, it's Abraham in particular that really got me to thinking. So Hebrews 11.8. Abraham, when he was called by God to go out to a place that he would receive as his inheritance... He went out not knowing where he was going. And, I, and, I, and I, when I read that, and I'm talking, you know, we're talking 15, 16, 17 years ago now, and I'd read the verse before, but it was like, that's, there, that's it. There's something to that that I'm not grasping. Abraham, when he was called by God to go out to a place that he would receive as his inheritance, he went out not knowing where he was going. Object of our faith, Christ. Faith, evidence, substantiation. But I want you to think about that for a second. So Abraham was living with his family and, and all his animals, and you know they, they were agrarian society back then. Abraham's living in the land of Ur. Now, I don't know what you, exactly you do in Ur or what he was doing that particular day. Maybe he was in the back 40, you know, in the goat pasture, or maybe he was in, the, in the, one of the out, outbuildings, and maybe he was milking a goat or something. I don't know. Can you picture Abraham? Yes, milking a goat. He's there, milking away. Doing, and he hears a voice. Oh, voice. There we go again, the voice of God. It's key. We'll get to that in a second. And God says, hey, Abraham, I want you to, um, I want you to go somewhere. Okay, God, where? I'll show you when you get there. Now, I thought about that in my life. And in my life, my Sarah is a, a, a precious woman named Linda. Okay? And we're trying to catch you, Barry. We've got 25 years in. So we've been together since, well, we've known each other since about 87. But I thought about that for a second. I said, okay, so, so this means in my life, if I'm to put this into my life, that I hear God's voice... Okay, and God's telling me to go somewhere. I've got to go home and explain this to Linda. Right? And Linda being the smart, analytical person that she is, she's going to have 10,000 legitimate questions, right? 
Right. So we assume we get on the same page. God is calling us to go somewhere. And we don't know where that is. So we pack up our stuff. Uh, you know, we, we'd put it in our old Honda or whatever we had back in the day. And, and, and we'd say, okie dokie, God, here we go. And we'd step out on the porch. Which way would I go? Which way would I go? We'll get to that in a second. Now what I want you to think about is how much you live by faith every day. Do you realize that we are creatures who live by faith? I can prove it to you right now. I watched you all, every single one of you. Every single one of you. Well, that's a lie. I'm a moral and upright person. If I lie to you, I immediately tell you I lied. You came in, and you flopped yourself down in that chair. Not one of you picked up the chair, checked it out. Not one of you brought a screwdriver to tighten the screws. You didn't think a thing about it. You came over. Faith is the substance of things unseen, the evidence of things hoped for. By your act of sitting down in that chair, you expressed faith. You did more than that. It, it, your, your act of sitting in that chair was a substantiation of your faith. And it was evidence that you were hoping it would hold you up. And you didn't even think about it. I thought about it the other day. I was down at Carlo for a symposium. I was part of a panel. And um, I don't know if they were trying to play a trick on me or not, but they gave me a rotten chair. I flopped myself down and almost ended up on the floor. Think about that. The only time you're fooled by something that's second nature, that's natural to you, is if it doesn't work the way it ought. A couple months ago, I was at work. I was the last one to leave the office. My, one of my colleagues left about five minutes before me. I went out to the car, stuck the key in it, turned it. Guess what happened? Nothing. I called my friend Lee. Hey, Lee, can you come back to the office? Thank, thank God he was able to. Give me a jump, and I got home. When are you fooled? When you go out, you don't even think about it. The only time you think about it is when it doesn't work right. That's faith. You see how second nature it is. So, I step out on my porch. Got Linda and the kids in tow. We've got all our stuff packed up. And God's going to show me where he's taking me. How am I going to know what direction to go? I'd be better be listening to the voice of God. If he says, I step left, I step left. If he says, that's far enough, now go that way, I go that way. Abraham, when he was called by God to go out to a place that he would receive as his inheritance, he went out not knowing where he's going. Here's a major lesson for faith as a shield. That my Christian brothers and sisters, we need to listen to the voice of God and treat it as sacred. And then do what he asks us to do. 
no matter what that entails. We need to treat the voice of God as sacred, do what he asks us to do, obedience, no matter what that entails. Faith. Faith. And see, my concern, and, and forgive me for this, but honestly, my, my, my concern for the Christian church in America is that we treat Jesus more as a mascot than somebody's voice we ought to be listening to and obeying. With the college students, I joke about it this way. You all know what a fathead is? Your favorite, your favorite sports star, you get a big plastic thing, you stick on the wall. Sometimes it almost feels that way to me. That's why I started off by, by trying to remind you who Jesus is. Because sometimes it feels to me like in the Christian church, you know, with all the election stuff going on and all this and everybody t- yelling at each other and telling each other what to do, what we need to be doing is on our knees seeking the voice of God. Because the Bible tells us, by the way, I think I'm running for president. It seems like they need help down there. Anybody vote for me? Okay. Um, we need to be on our, we need to be, the Bible tells us essentially that if we do not treat the voice of God as sacred, that we become dull of hearing and hard of heart. And you might as well say that we live as practical atheists and that Jesus Christ is nothing, forgive me, I'm just being blunt, nothing more than a fathead we stick on the wall and say, yep, he's, he's yep, no sir, man, he's our Lord, he's our Savior. He deserves the reward of the work that he did at Calvary. So how is this a shield? How can this faith and this type of intimacy with Christ be a shield for us? Well, Barry, you've been married 41 years. How well do you and Kathy know each other? 41 and a half. 41 and a half. (laughs) Know each other pretty well, I would say. You know what buttons to push that'll... Yeah. And you push them anyway now and then. Rarer and rarer. Rarer and rarer. Very, very smart. I'm still learning that lesson. I'm still learning that lesson. We can talk sometimes. Okay, good. I, I'll, need your, I'll need your counsel. It's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious. Linda and I, we've only got 25 in. Um, and it's one of the, I think one of the fun things is still learning as, as we're growing. You know, uh, as, as we're growing old together. Um, me much quicker than she is. Um, but it is. It's interesting to learn. It's interesting to, to know. You know, one of the deepest longings of the heart is to know and to be known. To be naked and unashamed. So this intimacy of Christ, Christ how it, with Christ in this relationship that is so vital and so important, how is it that that can be a shield for us? When you know somebody, you know how they're going to respond. You know how they're going to react. You know, you know what makes them tick. You know, um, you know, I think it was last night, Linda came home from work, and it was a little later. And, I, you know, your mind always goes, well, maybe she's in a ditch somewhere, you know, run off the road, dying, you know, how your mind does that. But I knew her too well. She's, she's a good driver, I guess. Um, um, but she probably stopped at Aldi's on her way home because, you know, needed something to pick something up, and sure enough, that was the case. I knew that. I knew that. I, I have a ton of faith in her. 
did a fantastic, and I'm sorry, I'm not, she's here tonight. I'm not supposed to talk about my family. But, but did a wonderful job of raising and educating our children. Never once did I think she was going to run off somewhere else and do something and leave me high and dry. Just it's a thought that doesn't cross our minds. Think about Christ. Colossians says that he was, you know, everything was created by, for, and through him. And he holds all things together. You know, we think about the, 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 the spiritual laws, if you will, that, that God has put in place. But do you also think about the, the, the physical laws? You know, here's, here's a law that God put in place. Gravity. So if I went out and climbed up on the highest point of this, you know, Satan did this to Jesus, by the way, if you remember, temptation. If I go up to the highest point in this building and jump, I can choose to defy gravity, right? And if I jump, I can defy it, right? What's the problem? It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt big time, okay? Okay? And so as we know Christ better and better, we know his laws and we know how he made creation, how he holds it all together, there's less likelihood that the enemy's going to be able to get you. And see, faith in Christ, you know, one of the, one of the passages that, that I love is where, where Jesus talks about, you know, letting the children come to him. And if you, want to, if you, want to, if you really want to enter the kingdom of God, you've got to enter as a little child. I thought about that too. In terms of faith, when my kids were little, um, and of course they're young, immature, we can talk about all that stuff. But you know something? When, when, when my son was three, four years old, he didn't come up to me and say, Dad, do we have the money to pay the electric bill this month? <laughs> Dad, are we going to, you know, is, is there going to be food on the table tomorrow? Not once. You know what they did when they were little? They toddled around and lived. You know why? Because they knew innately, second nature, didn't even think about it, had faith that mom and dad had it covered. You want to enter into the kingdom of heaven? Kingdom of God? You want to enter into that? Come as a little child. Man, imagine having that kind of faith at our age. What are you worried about? And how is the enemy using those darts of the cares of this world to get you off? You see, is is our faith, as we know Jesus better and better and more and more, and we sit at his feet and we learn from him, And we engage, you know, faithfulness is pursued together. That's why we come in community. As we engage with one another in small groups and in corporate worship and and everything that the church has to offer, and we learn and get more intimate with Christ and each other, we know how he's going to respond. We know how he's going to react. We know that we can entrust him in every circumstance, in every circumstance. And it's less and less, should become less and less likely that 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 doggone devil can throw darts at you and get you off course. So, can you see now the connection between not knowing where you're going 
in God's protection through the shield of faith? Because he's the good shepherd. The good shepherd cares for his sheep. His sheep hear his voice. Imagine this. As we get closer and closer to Monday, Thursday, to Good Friday, to Easter, Resurrection Sunday. Where would we be if we did not have Christ in the work that he did to have faith in? We would not have anything. You know, Jesus said, you know, it says in Colossians that Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Colossians says he is the, 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 the visible image of the invisible God. We have Jesus to look at, to look at the real historical Jesus who gave his life for us, not only to save us from our sins, but so that we might follow him in his protection step by step through this world that we can endure to the end, that we can endure to the end because our faith and intimacy with him will stop, that shield of faith will stop those fiery darts from the devil. Listen to God. Treat his voice as sacred. Obey him, whatever the cost. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. What a blessed evening to be together. What a wonderful group of people. Thank you for giving yourself. Thank you for being the perfect lamb and sacrificing yourself for us. Thank you for not leaving us as orphans. Protect us, we pray. Help us to learn to utilize the shield of faith that you have given to us by knowing you and trusting you more deeply. God, please give us a fire in our belly that you're not just our mascot. But we truly see the truth, your truth. And that you want to guide us into all truth. That's our shield of faith. That we know you, that we trust you, that you lead us into righteousness and truth, that the enemy has no business firing his darts at us. And if he, even if he does, we will, not be, we will not be wounded, we will not be shaken. May we have the faith of Abraham. We pray in Jesus' name.